Hi, I'm Jamie. And I'm Charlotte. And this is Suspicious or Delicious. We're your audio aunts from Aotearoa, serving up questionable food, weird history, and a bit of profanity on the side. So this podcast might not be suitable for ankle biters. Let's dig in. Alrighty. Okay. Um, so we are still recording remotely. Episode mm-hmm. six, extinct and endangered foods, but this is the endangered section of the show. <laughs> Sounds so weird. Of the season. The season. Uh, and today, Jamie, first of all, how are you going? You all right? I'm going okay. I'm going yeah? okay. Yeah. Okay. Fab. Yeah. Well, I thought I'd just jump right on in if that's Please okay. Please do. Please do. Okay. So, endangered foods. We all know about fish we all know about seafood we all know about the fucking ocean are you doing another fish we (laughs) all know about how fucked up our freshwater rivers and shit are so that is why i have decided today to talk about fish fish just as a whole, fish. fish. Yeah, not, not, not even kidding. Fish. I'm, I'm not even as kidding. I'm doing. Fish. <laughs> yes. I'm not even kidding. I'm just doing endangered fish. So just fish in general, like the umbrella term, fish. So okay, I'm gonna start this episode off real quick <laughs> with a quick, just a fucking quick disclaimer saying that I love seafood, but I wholeheartedly understand that consuming loads of fish just ain't great it's just not good like it's not it's a great not thing great. so now my own spin on this bleak but important i can't even speak bleak but important topic is that fish salty and non-salty varieties <laughs> are in are endangered Salted and, and low salt low, low sodium fish <laughs> salty and not salty they're they're endangered they need help, like big fucking help. Like freshwater fish need help. Salty in your ocean fish need help. Hell, the fish in your fish tank probably need help. Like make sure your tank's clean. Christ. So fish, as you know, if you've seen that recent doco, bloody hell, I should have worked out what it was called. The recent documentary that everyone was talking about last year called, it was like, Fish, there was like fish in it or something. Oh, for fuck's sake, it's on Netflix. You're talking about a documentary you don't know the name of. I watched it <laughs> and it was called <laughs> Fishing Documentary Sea Spirity. God damn it. Sea Spirity. <laughs> so, everyone's seen Sea Spirity, surely. You have, I have not. You? Okay, you don't watch TV, so that's fine. But fish are being caught faster than they can reproduce. Oh, yeah, I knew that. So it's putting a very unsustainable strain on our poor fish worldwide. It has been forecasted, Jamie Beck, that there will be no (laughs) fish left by 2050, okay? If current fishing practices do not change, I'll let that sink in. 2050 is going to be a a year for this episode. Just you wait. Everything's happening in 2050. 
So due to decades, decades of overfishing. Just like shitty fishing practices. Yes. Pollution. Climate change. Exactly like you said, shitty fishing practices. And we will jump into that very soon, I promise. Excellent. Um, It has, it is... What is even the word? There's just so many different avenues of shit happening that the ocean is literally dying. I don't know yep. how else. I don't know how else to say it. I mean, that's what's it's, happening. And it's it's not just yeah, all of the above. It's also illegal fishing. It's also mm-hmm. um, you know, and overfishing. That's the issue. And just as an FYI, illegal fishing refers to Fishing activities conducted by foreign vessels without permission in waters that they shouldn't be. Do you remember when a few years ago here in New Zealand we had a foreign fishing ship that wasn't meant to be fishing in our waters crash and we had to go out and fucking rescue them and we're like, you're not even meant to be here. You're stealing our fish and we have to come out and fucking save you? Are you serious? Yes. Yes. So illegal fishing is that they are on a vessel that should not be in the water that it's in. They have crossed some boundaries. They're in a completely different like jurisdiction, state, whatever you want to call it. They should not be there. So that's illegal fishing. Then you've also got overfishing, which is when, yeah, vessels catch fish faster than stocks can replenish. And they use things like trawling nets and then leave Mm -hmm. those fucking nets in the ocean when they finished with them and those nets continue to kill animals and marine life of all sorts of they're assholes yeah exactly and like it's just so careless and i just can't believe that i just i just don't even understand how that is part of the process that chucking a net in the ocean is part of the process how people how any people think that's okay Mm. Never mind people like a company, whoever made that rule, makes their living off being able to fish. Yeah. And if you keep polluting the place where you get your fish, you're not going to be able to get any more fish. Like, how do you not understand this? Yeah. It seems really fucking basic. It really does. That's the thing. And it's also even bigger than that though it's also to do with the environment and of course remember i'm talking about fish and why fish is endangered this is literally why fish are endangered there are so many different reasons that i'm just Mm -hmm. gonna pack into this episode and then i mean shit each one of these things could be a podcast ep on its own but like it's also to do with the environment so it's not even just humans on boats being assholes it's humans being dickheads with uh, you know, CO2 like emissions and all of that shit, you know? Um, rising seawater temperatures, ocean acidification, which is already decreasing things like shellfish and coral. Yep. Um, ocean acidification, if you're not aware, and if anyone listening is not aware, is mainly caused by carbon dioxide gas in the atmosphere dissolving into the ocean and that leads so that leads to a lowering of the water's ph 
which means the ocean becomes more acidic on the scale of acid and alkaline. And basically, things that have shells, so mollusks, basically anything with a shell in the ocean, that more acidic ocean eats away at the shell because yep. it's changing. So it's it's science at the end of the day. It's doing what science does, but that sucks. Like that is so sad. Like crabs, all of that. That it's just sad. Like it it hurts. <laughs> mm. Um and then obviously bigger picture, no fish means exactly what you said. Animals that eat fish no longer have their food source. No fish mm-hmm. also means no income or food for small communities or people who rely on that source of protein. Um, in other words, sea life literally equals everything. And like, we have to fucking stop. We cannot have all these fish becoming extinct. So, to get into some of the specific types of fish, um, one of the most critically endangered fish in the world is the Atlantic bluefin tuna. And I think if you pretty much look up any list of endangered fish, it is pretty much all of the tuna species. It's They're all endangered. I literally looked at, like, I'm not even kidding, like 20 plus different endangered fish lists. And, yeah. like, the top were just tuna, like yellowfin tuna bluefin tuna so many different types of tuna and then i think about it and i'm like what is primarily on in all of those cans on your supermarket on your shelves fucking tuna yeah um and a few and can species- we also talk about the fact that half of them are single serve fucking cans yep like can we just stop with that please they're so small. It's almost just, like you rip off the can lid and you're just kind of like, there's a teaspoon of tuna in there. And I'm like, that fits on a cracker. <laughs> can we stop making single serve size shit? It's, it's so, stupid. yeah, it is. It's fucked up, eh? Mm. Um, and I didn't know about a bunch of these other species which are endangered, but abalone is another one, which is something you often see on menus like seafood menus abalone nah power is different but i think they are in the same same, isn't it i think they're in the same i don't think power i don't very very similar it's the same um class yeah that's what i mean like they look really similar but i do think they are slightly different um um the main difference is okay no Power is a species of abalone, so not all abalone are power, but all power are abalone. Right. Okay. That makes sense. Um, another one. So yeah. So abalone are endangered, and so is the queen conch. So when you think of like a conch shell, yeah, the meat. They so conch. If you've ever seen a conch. Um, or a queen conch, it kind of looks like that beautiful big conch shell, big which trumpet, you see in tourist yeah. stores. Yeah, exactly. But what's inside that, when it's in the ocean, it looks like a really big, cute snail. Yes, I've seen and them. And it's really, like, very meaty. So it's, yeah, it's a delicacy, and 
So of course, not only is it meaty and delicious, but then the shell, you can wash that and you can use it as a conch piece of paperweight, a paperweight or a thing on a shelf. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Freshwater eels, which are, if you see like on Japanese menus, it's often Mm -hmm. like unagi. Yeah. Um, Shark. And the big one was obviously like shark fin soup and just shark in general is a delicacy. Sea cucumbers. um, Sea cucumbers are a delicacy. And of course, what's really interesting about sea cucumbers is that they're actually like an ocean filter. They clean the floors of the ocean. So without them, guess what's going to fucking happen? Uh, And ocean. Mm, yeah hello dirty gross ocean um and then yeah the last one i was looking at is sturgeon which is a fish and it's mostly caught for its roe for its egg um and the sad thing that i read was that sturgeon takes about a female sturgeon sorry takes about 20 years to start producing eggs so 20 years of a fish growing just to get to its eggs the eggs are the critical to their future, obviously, but they are a delicacy. So we there is them. a huge illegal caviar market that drives poachers and traffickers around the world to try That's and get so as many sturgeon as possible. It's mm. not like anyone needs caviar to survive. Like you're not living off caviar. Yeah, I know. You're just being <laughs> fancy. So stop it. Exactly. It's just salty pieces of, it's literally just salty water. That's all it is in a ball. Yeah. It just tastes like salty water. Um, so to finish this off, I just wanted to put a few little tidbits of info about little things that you can do because I was like, it's such a bleak subject, but it is very, it's something I do feel very passionate about. Um, so what can you do? If you're going to eat seafood, I get it. Seafood's delicious. But you can choose certified sustainable seafood. And if you think it's certified and sustainable, have a look at what the little badges mean. Ask questions of brands if you need to. Make sure it's actually doing what it's saying it's doing. Um, reduce food waste. And obviously just eat less seafood. Like If you can. If you can't. I know that indigenous groups of people might eat seafood every day. That's their diet. I'm not going to tell those people to stop eating seafood. But just and reduce they're the ones that are probably waste. not making massive issues with overfishing and pollution. Exactly. (laughs) Indigenous people are not the problem here. (laughs) The illegal fishing and the fucking overfishing is the problem. Part of the problem. Yes. Uh, Yeah, and I guess just sharing, um, I just thought as well, and I was like, sharing reliable, credible news is good because that helps to keep people educated with the right... you know, the right information, not lies and misinformation and shit. Um, And obviously just little things like reducing single-use plastic in your life and doing the simple shit like using reef-safe sunscreen and stuff. So there's just little Mm. things you can help to do to keep our oceans clean and to not give in to the overfishing and the stuff like that. And that's kind of the end of my little i feel like that was just a rant and i'm sorry but that's 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 what we're rolling with this season i will i have a fun uh story for you okay uh triggered by the reef safe sunscreen because james and i use reef safe sunscreen Mm -hmm. and we were recently in rarity 
Tonga, and we did a bunch of water activities. Turtle watching. Um, turtle, turtle swimming, snorkeling, uh, shipwreck exploring kind of stuff. And one thing that people uh, also forget is you need reef safe sunscreen. And also, if you don't need huge flippers, don't wear huge flippers because if you have big long flippers on, you're more likely to kick coral accidentally. And that can really damage it, and it's already struggling. So yeah. just wear little short flippers, guys. But also, uh, I had the questionable uh, experience of I actually got thrown into a bunch of coral by the ocean mm-hmm. while I was swimming. And got a huge big section of coral cuts on my thigh. And if you've ever had coral cuts, you will know that you are getting tiny microorganisms in your skin. Because coral is alive. If you didn't know, coral is alive. It's full of tiny animals. And uh, they all got in my skin and it blistered up like I had dropped boiling water on myself. It was very yes. painful. I saw your cuts um, mm. in the photo that you sent me. Yes, and I was just like, like healing. Oh. But yeah, yeah. It was really I don't think sore I've and I had been... to go and get cream. So just be Shit. careful, guys. Just be careful. Yeah. Um, and be aware. Yeah, I totally that agree. Just because something's not moving doesn't mean it's not alive. Mm. And if you get well, thrown just... into some coral, go and get some cream. Yeah, and I mean, it's also, it's the simple things like relating it back to land stuff. Like, what is similar on land? Don't stand on tree roots. That's That yeah, goes hand yeah. in hand with don't stand on coral. Like, just don't stand on shit like tree roots and coral. It just makes sense to me. Yeah, just and I don't totally stand agree. on stuff. <laughs> yeah, I totally agree with the flipper thing, too, because I remember the last time I went snorkeling, and I, you know, unless... It's like, and obviously we want people to be safe. It's not saying don't be fucking yeah. safe. Judge the water. Like if the water is really currenty and you're going to get thrown around, you don't might need some fucking there. flippers. Don't swim or get some flippers. Don't swim there. But also if it's really calm and very safe, you might not actually need the flippers and you might not need to stand on any fucking coral or accidentally, you know, kick it. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I wear tiny short little flippers. Um, like James is a- a bit longer but, but yeah they're out there and they're wearing these huge flippers and they're not in deep enough water to need them they're not doing anything that requires them so just have a, a think about that um next time you're snorkeling do you need super big flippers or can you be a little bit mm. more um considerate of yeah. the animals that you are around take care of our oceans guys yes <laughs> and on that note um We'll have a quick break, and then I think Jamie is going to share some goodness with us. Yes. Before we serve up our next food, make sure you go and follow us on social. You'll find us on Instagram, Facebook, and now TikTok under the name Suspicious or Delicious. Just look for the logo with the pink jelly. And while you're there, don't forget to rate, review, or subscribe, because it'll make us really happy. And now on with the show.
And we're back. Back, back. Back, 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 back. We're back, back, baby. We're back. I have a question for you, Charlotte. Do you? What is it? If life is like a box of chocolates, what happens when all the chocolates are gone? Have you frozen or are you thinking? Uh, I was thinking, but then you've got an empty box. Can you hear me? I can hear you now. I think you're just frozen. uh, Oh, shit. (laughs) (laughs) But you'd frozen in a thinking pose, so I wasn't sure. (laughs) It was literally like, there's so much silence, even for her. (laughs) (sighs) Oh, for fuck's sake. Can yes, we just record have... in person next? <laughs> yeah, please, please, let's. Um, okay. Yes, that is exactly what happens. Unlike Forrest Gump, we do know what we're going to get if humankind stays on its current trajectory. We're going to get no fucking chocolate. Oh, wow. Okay, I literally had no idea where this was going. So this is about chocolate. This is about chocolate. Near and dear to my heart. I'm going to get passionate today. Oh, shit. Um, okay, I am ready. Sorry, I'm like, I literally just opened a can of Coca-Cola, like full sugar, fucking ruin my stomach Coca-Cola because I am asleep. So bring it on. Ready okay. for chocolate. Hit me. Okay. <clears throat> so scientists at the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, we'll call them the NOAA, Tell us that climate change could have all cacao plants, that's where chocolate comes from, on the brink of extinction by 2050. Just like fish. What? No way. Oh, my God. Okay, fuck me. Mate, we've got 30 years to sort our shit out. And I worked it out. In 2050, I will be 63. I will probably still have an unhealthy emotional attachment to chocolate. And I am pretty fucking concerned about this situation. Oh, you're still going to be here. You are very much alive. You're just a middle-aged woman, in my opinion. You're going to need chocolate still. I'm going to need it. So today, we're taking a deeper dive into the rising water, climate change, genetic modification, and whether the looming loss of our favorite guilty pleasure will stop people buying micro-packaged convenience products and generally just ignoring everything we know about doing right by our planet. Nice. Shit, this is a heavy episode. I hope everyone... If Don't you haven't, start if you're with just, this one. <laughs> if you're just fucking starting, mate. Go back to Jelly in season one, but also get yourself a beverage before you start, please. Alternate. Whew, Do one, one episode of in. Jelly, one episode of the current season. We're going in deep. We're going in. <laughs> You see, cacao plants are sensitive artists and they demand very specific rainforesty working conditions. They need consistent temperatures, high humidity, plenty of rain, nitrogen-rich soil, and protection from the wind. Oh, yes. Like yes. a baby. Like a baby. And these conditions occur in just tw- 10 to 20 degrees north and south of the equator. So a very narrow band. And climate modeling predicts that the Earth's rising temperatures will make 89.5% of this land 
too hot and dry for cacao in the next 30 years. And cacao farms will be pushed up into the cooler mountains to land either unsuitable for cultivation or already reserved as wildlife preserves. So we're taking the 10 degrees on each side of the equator that is already, and it's going to get 89% tinier. God damn. I just don't even see a chance, to be honest. Mm-mm. Chocolate giants like Marzink and Barry Calibo are, are expecting demand to exceed supply by 4.4 billion pounds of chocolate by 2030. That's like less than 10 years away, driving up prices and resulting in lower quality ch- chocolate. It's nothing to snicker at. What? <laughs> Wait, so Mars, I get that, but what was the other brand? Uh, Barry Calabot or Calabout, I'm not sure how to say it, are one of the biggest chocolate producers. They own a whole bunch of different brands. Oh, shit. Okay. They must be like yeah. one of those, yeah, one of those big-ass brands that own everything that you don't even know. You know, yeah, like, I didn't recognize many of the brands that they owned. They looked quite bougie, but they had a mm, okay. lot. So Mars, hmm. the company which makes Snickers bars, agrees this is nothing to snicker at, uh, and they have pledged to reduce their carbon emissions as part of their sustainability in a generation program. Mars is also collaborating with external scientists to sweeten cacao's chances of survival. They're collaborating with Dr. Jennifer Doudner, a prize-winning scientist at the University of California, who is one of the inventors of CRISPR technology. Now, I've been super intrigued by CRISPR for years. It stands for Clustered Regularly Interspaced Short Palindromic Repeats, and is basically very efficient genetic scissors that allow scientists to edit genes. Oh, yes, I've heard of this. Crazy, eh? I'm pretty sure. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm pretty sure you have. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, Dr. Downed and her team are trying to genetically modify cacao in more varied environments and resist diseases. And while GMO, genetically modified cacao plants, are still a work in progress, there is a chocolate bar on the market that already promotes genetically modified ingredients. Ethos Chocolate, released by non-profit coalition of farmers called A Fresh Look, contains sugar that's derived from GMO beets. The group hopes that Ethos Chocolate will help people understand how GMOs can create crops that use less water and herbicides and improve our nutrition without sacrificing taste or safety. That's so cool. Yeah, and I remember when GMO food first hit the news years ago and we were all being told it would change our genes and, like, deform babies and give us health problems. But it just doesn't seem to be the case. And in the last 20 years, numerous scientific institutions like the National Academy of Science and the American Association for the Advancement of Science and the European Commission have all publicly stated that GMOs don't present harm to human health. That's, yeah, no, that just doesn't 
make sense to me. Like, unless I saw some serious studies saying this is what it's done. Like, you know, I've seen like the Monsanto mm. documentary and stuff about um, soybeans. And obviously that yeah. does look slightly more dodgy, but like it's beet sugar for crying out loud. And the thing is, like, people think it's a new thing, but when you think about it, um, we've been doing this in different ways for centuries. Like, every time you breed two plants together for a certain trait and then breed that plant with another plant for a certain trait, that's genetically engineering it. Mm. You're taking two plants that weren't naturally breeding together and creating a new plant from them. And we've been doing that by just, like, cross-pollinating and... Um, you know, when they cut the branch off one tree and stick it on another tree to grow a different kind of avocado? Yes, yes, like so they like sort of splice it together. Yeah, like those are all different kinds of genetic engineering, basically, because nature wasn't doing that on its own. Crazy. It's such an interesting industry and, like, genuinely has the power to fucking ruin or transform the world. <laughs> yeah. So... <laughs> If it means we get to keep our treats, I will dip my toes and maybe a few strawberries into GMO chocolate. Yum. Yes, please. Yes. But back to Dr. Downed and her team of chocolate saviors. Okay. We know cacao plants need to survive higher temperatures and wild weather. But why is disease resistance such a big priority? Back in 2010, a Scientific American article told how the spread of witch's broom, frosty pod, and other adorably named fungal diseases have been decimating cacao trees in their natural Central American habitat. Much like the much-mourned gross Michael Banana we spoke about in the last episode, mm -hmm. chocolate only thrives in a handful of places, so the risk of these fungal fuckboys sauntering over to wipe out other cacao plantations is really high. Um, and these diseases are worsened by extreme floods, droughts, and windstorms induced by climate change. The International Cocoa Organization have reported that diseases and pests result in the loss of 30 to 40% of global cocoa production. Damn. Yeah. Oh, damn. Not good. Like, really not good. No, that's like fucking concerning compared. It's almost well, not... half. Yeah, yeah. I'll have to tell you about um. Obviously, when it's more, I'll slot it in. But I'll tell you about my um Guatemalan chocolate class that I did later. Oh, please do, please do. Clearly, disease is a big problem, and genetic modification might be the road to drought tolerant or insect resistant cacao plants. And while scientists are working on creating tougher plants, we can all work on slowing climate change. Let's have a break, have a Kit Kat, and decide whether the convenience of disposable vapes and bottled water are really worth losing the undeniable glory of chocolate. Like, nothing compares. <laughs> nothing. Like, I would give up a lot to keep chocolate if I have to. I got same. Fucking hell yes. Don't even get me started on my obsession with Berry Biscuit Whitaker's chocolate. Ah, uh, creamy caramel for me, mate. So oh, good. So good. Mm. Now, I know 
all of this has been more depressing than an empty chocolate bar wrapper. So I have some fun facts. The first of which is that I tried to order a bunch of bizarre chocolate bars and none of them would ship to New Zealand because we truly are the arse end of the world. Uh, So I've written a few of my favourites down instead to inspire everyone. Uh, My first choice that I want to try is the Compate Avocado Toast Chocolate Bar. Well, hello. Avocado combining another endangered food. (laughs) Yeah. It's a divine white chocolate bar speckled with premium avocados and crunchy caramelized toast. Damn. What a... What a... uh, What a combination. Irresistible comp... Yeah, what an irresistible combination going on there. Uh, The second best one I found is Austrian brand Zotter's peanut nougat, potato vodka and strawberry milk chocolate that's all one bar oh shit, that's like so many flavours I would not have popped together yeah, so the bar is peanut brittle nougat topped with a layer of apricot chocolate and sweet potatoes infused with potato vodka dipped in a thin layer of strawberry chocolate and then coated with a final coating of milk chocolate. Hmm. There's a lot going on, eh? Yeah, I'm intrigued by the apricot chocolate and sweet potato infused with vodka. Yeah, the the alcohol element has me. Hmm. It's got my. I've got my curious face on. Yes. Um, number three is Ireland's Tato Company has a cheese and onion crisps chocolate bar. Ew, cheese and onion and chocolate? Cheese and onion chip flavoured. It's a milk chocolate bar with cheese and onion flavoured chunks and has been surprisingly popular. Why? Do you think it's sort of like salty and sweet? Do you think it's that combo? It's like a savoury... It just doesn't sound good to me, but maybe, it, I don't know. I don't know about that one. But I'd give it a go. Yeah, I mean, I would give all of these just, you know, a nibble. Not saying yeah. I'd go, go to town on them, but. <laughs> I also saw one, I think it's by a brand called Hammond's, which is bacon and chip, salt, uh, bacon and chip chocolate. So it's got Ooh. bacon chunks and like potato chunks. Okay, see, that makes a little bit more sense to me. But, yeah. um, mm. And then number four, just to round us out, Tyrol from Japan has pizza chocolate. Oh, pizza chocolate. Apparently apparently it's basically a pizza-flavored sort of cracker texture on the inside, and it has pizza fragrance. Like, it's got added pizza fragrance. And that's all enclosed in white chocolate that has bits of basil in it. Oh, my God. It's like a margarita pizza. Apparently, it does taste like pizza, but the texture is fucking awful. Oh, I think that, honestly, that's probably like the most dodge um, sounding of the examples you've given so far. Yeah. So, if you had to pick from those four... The avocado toast, the peanut nougat, potato vodka, and strawberry milk, the cheese and onion, or the pizza flavor, 
Which one would you pick as delicious and which one would be suspicious? Okay, so delicious would be the avocado toast. Okay. Suspicious would be pizza, for sure. Fair. Fair. For me, I'm going delicious for the peanut nougat, potato vodka, and strawberry milk. Because I feel like it's so random that it might actually be amazing. Mm. Yeah, and I like the alcohol component that's, like, weaved into it. Yeah, I'm like, sweet potato vodka, cool. Like, I like apricots. I like strawberry chocolate. I like vodka. I love peanut brittle nougat. So I, I'm, I'm really intrigued. I reckon that would be delicious. And for me, I'm almost going with the cheese and onion crisps one as suspicious because pizza, I'm like, if it's a pizza flavor but a weird texture, I can deal with that. Yep. But a cheese and onion and chocolate combination, I don't know if I can deal with that. Like it's, onions and chocolate. It's giving me, it's giving me strong kiwi onion dip with a chocolate bar dunked into it yeah and that sounds disgusting to me (laughs) yeah that does sound disgusting but you know what the pizza bar sounds even more grotesque which is why (laughs) it's in my suspicious and i would just give the cheese dip one a go you just give it a go yeah, I would. I'd just, I'd, like I said, I'd give it a nibble. I'm not going to go balls deep into it or anything, or vulva deep, but I am going to give it a, a little go. I'll give it a lick. I might sniff it just first. Give it a lick. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, if you've tried any of those chocolates or something similar or something bizarre, send us a message on Instagram, hit up one of our posts. You can send us a voice message on Instagram or on Anchor FM because we want to know what the weirdest chocolate you've tried is. Like, I need to know what it was like. Please tell me. Yes. Please let us know, like, any strange flavors because we're, like, really yes. big into, like, weird flavor combos that just shouldn't work. And then for some reason, sometimes they do and you're like, how? How and don't I not come know? at me being like, I tried popcorn chocolate. That's not weird. No. Like, I want real interesting combinations like potato vodka or avocado or pizza. Like, I want yeah. things that make you go, is this going to be good? Yeah. Kiwi, like, uh, not kiwi, onion dip. That's a very kiwi He's thing. An onion. But, like, yeah. onion, yeah, cheese and onion chocolate. Like, we want to know the good stuff. Have you tried the bacon chocolate? Tell me what it's like. <laughs> the bacon chocolate, that totally reminds me of um, the uh, maple bacon donut at Pie Piper. At Pie Piper, yeah. Yeah, with the candied bacon on top. Mm-hmm. So good. <laughs> when I worked there, I literally um, had to take the, the candied bacon strips that had been pre-cooked out of this container and lay them on top of the donut and like make the donut up it's quite time consuming yeah i bet it was <laughs> um but right, that's, yeah, that's, that's us done. that's us done for this episode we hope you enjoyed it um and we will be coming back uh in a couple of weeks with a new episode i think we've got like two to three more episodes of this yeah. season which is very exciting and we a have bonus episode on. so yes, if you I've want got- the bonus episode you can go to our anchor i think you just hit support it costs you what does it cost charlotte um like three dollars fifty 
it's something ridiculous per month yeah for a subscription That's- but yeah if you want the bonus content you got to pay because this shit takes time and energy and our energy is so worth it. Hi. <laughs> um, but that's $3.50 in New Zealand dollars. Mm-hmm. Which in American dollars is like a buck fifty. Like it's nothing. Like just it's nothing. Just empty um, your pockets for me. And that'll get you a whole extra episode and probably some other bits and pieces. So get in there. It's going to be fun. Uh, and that's it from us. Thank you so much for listening and we'll see you soon. Bye. Thank you. Bye.